Welcome to Season 2, Episode 5 of The Modern Extractor. This podcast focuses on the processes, equipment, and science found in a cannabis extraction laboratory. I'm your host, Jason Showard, and I work professionally in the cannabis extraction field. Here in Season 2, we're focusing on hydrocarbon extraction and post-processing, with each episode digging deep into a particular stage in that process. The shows are released in an order that follows the workflow through a lab, as material makes its way from cultivar to concentrate. Last season, we worked our way through an ethanol extraction lab, starting with biomass and following it all the way through to distillate or isolate. This season, we'll do the same, but with hydrocarbon extraction and all the highly sought-after craft concentrates that this style can produce. Last week, we talked to Boris Kogan, founder of Busy Bee, about the intricacies of closed-loop hydrocarbon extraction. We covered Busy Bee's unique approach to making modular, easily scalable closed-loop systems, as well as why Boris says that passive is the clear choice over active recovery. We also went through defining some of the interesting words that Boris has so eloquently infused into our industry's vocabulary. In today's show, we'll talk to Vaughn Hartung, founder of Media Bros, about CRC and filtration media. As I said in the season opener, CRC is such a polarizing topic, I thought it was worth dedicating an entire episode to breaking down what it actually is that folks are getting so worked up about. We'll go through how CRC works, when you'd use it, why you'd use it, and how Media Bros can help you out in implementing any of their products into your processes. Enough of me. Let's get into it with Vaughn. Vaughn Hartung, welcome to The Modern Extractor. Thanks for having me, Jason. Absolutely. Where, uh, where are we talking to you from today? Uh, so I'm calling out of Portland, Oregon, and uh, not Portland, Maine. Gotcha. I guess it depends which coast you're on, which, which one you think. Uh, well, you're talking to me from Los Angeles in my home studio recording the interview. I uh, wanted to talk to you a little bit about Media Bros and uh, about how you got started in the industry. So tell us about your start into cannabis and what your path was like to actually starting your company. Yeah, so I'd love to uh, talk a little bit about that. My my sort of path in the cannabis industry uh, is potentially a little bit different than uh, most. I've, I've been essentially uh, doing botanical extraction for a, a large number of years, I would say uh, between 10 and 12 years of actual hands-on botanical extraction. And I would say about five to six of that uh, has been uh, continuous, uh, full-time uh, cannabis industry uh, type development. And, and so part of Part of that uh, cannabis industry experience uh, has essentially uh, got me to this point where I, I was just, to be honest with you, I was really tired of dealing with uh, traditional legacy businesses. And I really wanted to uh, just do something completely different that actually addressed a lot of not only uh, my day-to-day concerns, but actually like, got my operation up and functioning and uh, it was just kind of a no a no frills uh, type experience, and and so Media Bros for me has uh, essentially been this thing of like how do I make how do I make something as frictionless as possible for people who want to deliver on the tastiest dabbable products in the market, and essentially bring concentrates to the United States, and the path to creating Media Bros is essentially acknowledging my own internal struggle with cannabis manufacturing and understanding that in, a, in the United States, cannabis manufacturing is one of the only new niche manufacturing industries that I actually know of uh, where someone can literally go from uh, their home extraction setup into a, a full-scale technical business and and move it to uh, a mainstream uh, sort of identity. And that opportunity in manufacturing specifically in the U.S. doesn't really exist anywhere else um, because of all the, the large-scale competition you have at play. And because of the... Um, because of the way that our, because of the way the United States has positioned itself as the leading 
a narcotics manufacturer in in the world, um, you essentially have all of these uh, different services funneling into the U.S. to help fulfill those kinds of things. Um, but but then there's a need to tailor them uh, to to cannabis, and it really gives you like cannabis to me is uh, in, an incredible experience for anybody who's looking to get into it because you essentially have um, an opportunity to not only uh, just just generally benefit humanity by making things that people actually want, um, but you don't necessarily have a business like Amazon sort of coming after you, just ready to just destroy uh, you, your setup. And so it's easy to get passionate about. And uh, for me with Media Bros, uh, it's really just about supporting the manufacturing efforts of all of these uh, of all of these different people within the United States who are trying to uh, trying to move things forward like trying to move the discussion forward and so for me media bros is about addressing what I what I sort of visually see as a network of bros it's an analog network uh, who are actually facilitating the transfer of cannabis into a mainstream identity. And really, you know, and this is not on your Instagram. This is not in an email. These are, these are physical handshakes that are taking place on the ground that are moving this plant forward and, and really giving people um, a lot of hope for the future. And so for me, Media Bros is about supporting those people first, supporting the bros, out there who want to push this forward and you don't bro is not a gender specific term uh bro is an identity uh it's it's like a compatriot identity that i think really acknowledges where people are trying to go uh with this where it's like bro if you don't understand where i'm going then you know i i don't i don't know how we can move things forward and so for me like when I pick up the phone, it's like, bro, I need, I need the hookup right now. And I need to get these things going so I can move this forward as quickly as possible. And the problem is, is when you do that to a legacy business, they just don't fluently speak your language. And so yeah, they don't Bros, care. yeah, Media Bros to me is that interpretive business that is allowing, um, that is allowing America to move forward. And so I kind of, <laughs> you know, like when I envision Media Bros and what it is, it's like, Oh shit! This is a this is a competitor to uh, businesses like Amazon because I'm bolstering independent manufacturing to a point of uh, you know and, and supplying sort of this analog bro network in ways that traditional networks can. Yeah, I think uh, cannabis has a really interesting way of maintaining those networks just because of the roots and where everything came from. There's a lot more interpersonal handshake relationships that, uh, that a lot of these legacy businesses just don't understand. Yeah. They're super important. They're super important. Absolutely. So with this season being about hydrocarbon extraction, I realize you offer media for all kinds of different applications, but specifically the filtration media, uh, that media bros is producing is blowing up in the hydrocarbon space. So what is it about Media Bros that makes the hydrocarbon extractors gravitate towards you and towards your products? Yeah, so uh, I think where we're gaining a lot of popularity is that we're actually addressing we're actually addressing our core customer base, which are uh, steeped in hydrocarbon extraction first. They're not exclusive to hydrocarbon extraction. Uh, we we do have products for CO2 processors and we have products coming online for ethanol processors. So general processors in general, but we found the biggest welcome, I would say, and the best culture in hydrocarbon extraction. And quite frankly, I've, I love hydrocarbon extraction. That's sort of my bread and butter uh, love and first entry into the space. Um, there's, there's a lot of great things just about the method and uh, the scalability of the technology that allows you to take it from your your small scale setup all the way to a great medium sized scale uh, processor, and so the uh, the reason I guess folks are are coming to us is that you know we're telling them we 
we essentially not only support them, but then we actually followed up with uh, some meaningful, uh, just just meaningful action as well. So one of the things Media Bros does everything differently about business. In fact, when we look at legacy businesses, we try not to copy them. And if they're doing something a certain way, we just go the complete opposite way. And <laughs> and the other thing too is that we uh, principally have when you know if there's bad advice to follow uh we definitely follow the bad advice because it's typically the advice that you you want to move with so i'll give you an example of this uh one of the first things we did at meteor bros um was we needed obviously uh some some people to pick up the phone and you know do sales calls and these types of things and and really support people but on the sales side of things i personally didn't like dealing with salespeople like owning an extraction business, I hated just being sold stuff and actually not having my problem addressed. Yeah. And so one of the first things we did was we hired actual extractors with lots of experience uh, who were just engaged with the mission of Media Bros and they're, they're extractors first. So when you call Media Bros, you're actually talking to somebody who has extraction knowledge uh, uh, first. And then their secondary function is is something else within the business that, that we train them up to, but extractors first is sort of a, a big part of what we're doing. So, you know, I, I love that, um, you know, a lot of people just call sometimes or they write us emails or they reach out to us because they're actually trying to solve a specific problem on that day and, or that week, for example, to just try and get their operations online. And, you know, if you're, if you're a medium there's a couple set of problems and there's so many diverse problems in the space that, you know, we try to address all of those. But the key for us is, you know, listening to uh, what the hell is going on that day, allowing you to have that dialogue of like, bro, hey, I need I need a shipment uh, of, you know, we sell we sell CRC specifically, but, you know, bro, I, I need my CRC by next week because I have new product coming in and I need to extract uh, I need to extract it so I can get that fresh stuff on the shelf for people. Yeah, absolutely. I think a lot of that model um, is, is kind of similar to back uh, in the days of growing uh, and hydro shops. There's the, the good shops where you could go in there and talk to the guys and they knew what was going on. And the bad shops that just wanted to sell products. Like obviously they could pretty much charge whatever they wanted if they were going to talk about what you had going on and help you solve your problems. Yeah, ex- yeah, exactly. And and that's sort of, you know, just having been in the industry this long and, and sort of know, knowing and understanding these problems um, and just seeing them not addressed over and over again, it, it was pretty easy to, you know, set some, set something up that uh, was a business for extractors first. And, and that just being a really popular thing. And again, just making it a no frills thing where it's like, bro, we've got you, right? Like, uh, we've, we've got you covered on your, on your needs. You can ask us general kinds of questions about, uh, you know, specialty kinds of, of products. If you're trying to make them, you know, we sell CRC and that's a great uh, core of our business. Um, but you know, there, there's a variety of things that I think we'll be offering in the, in the future here that will really just help facilitate people and, and make it easier for them to make the kinds of things that they're trying to make. Yeah. We're going to jump into uh, all the different stuff that you guys carry here in a minute, but uh, you brought up CRC and uh, that's kind of a little bit of the elephant in the room. So let, let's talk about that. CRC is, is a process that's either loved or hated by the, the market in general. Um, you guys make some great CRC media. And as with any polarizing topic, uh, I think it's, it's good for both sides to have a thorough understanding of what we're really talking about. Uh, and, and it helps everybody come a little bit closer to the middle. But uh, before I get too deep into uh, theoretical politics here, let's start by defining CRC. What, what actually is it? Break it down for us. Yeah, so the CRC definition, there's a variety of them that are out there. It's a fairly new piece of terminology, and I think it's just sort of best understood in terms of actually what people are trying. It's one of these things where it's a chicken and egg problem. I actually think the term CRC came before the actual technology, (laughs) 
And it's just, it's a description of something. And I see this all the time in cannabis. People are trying to describe the thing that they're trying to do um, even before they do it. And, and for us, that's where I think Media Bros is best in tune is like, we're trying to help people uh, achieve the kinds of things that they're trying to do. So, so one of these CRC is color remediation cartridge. Uh, the, there are no cartridges that I personally know of that exist to uh, sort of facilitate this. And if you go and, you know, when, when CRC first came around, I, I knew of no cartridges that could do this function, um, especially in a hydrocarbon setup. Um, and so, you know, it's a description of a thing um, that, that again, was done sort of on a customized scale and, and wanting to support it. Now, you know, it's, it's funny because obviously there's a lot of passionate people who uh, either love or really hate CRC. I think the thing about CRC that's interesting is that, and, and I'll just address it directly, uh, most folks, because medical uh, is sort of the base of all cannabis here, there's, there's um, you know, it's spawning out of a desire for uh, the most pure sort of natural product uh, possible that is essentially, um, you know, you want it, you want an unadulterated cannabis product when you get it right. And, and so there's arguably two categories where uh, this falls into one is that I want flour and I'm on that flour. I want it to be pesticide free. I want it to be, uh, you know, I want it to be as organically and naturally grown as possible, you know, straight, a straight cut off the top nug of the, of the thing that's sitting by this pristine stream. And, and, you know, that, that's the nug that I want. Um, and then the futuristic version of that nug being a concentrate, like something you can actually physically carry around with you. You take it with you and you can consume it. Um, many more times, let's just say, than the flower, um, but but it being the most future futuristic compact version of, of oil, and and people wanting that to be a pristine medicine, as is right, and so uh, the processing used and in, involved to take it from a flower to a concentrate, um, I, I think brings up a whole range of questions, and there's a need for transparency on these things. So. CRC has picked up this interesting sort of uh, love-hate relationship because most people think that um, if you take uh, cannabis extract directly off of uh, biomass material and you uh, just you know evaporate your solvent, your extraction solvent, that that's sort of the purest version uh, that you can achieve. But there's benefits. Um, in the, in the type of selectivity and the types of things that you extract by using uh, color remediation style techniques or, uh, you know, filtration style techniques, uh, because not everything is about removing pigments and, and color, um, but it is about removing, uh, for example, things like cellulose, um, some of the bio, you know, the, the underlying uh, biomass right, is, is uh, stuff that you don't necessarily want to consume or smoke. Um, and, and so, again, trying to get at, at the oil underneath. And I guess what I'd say is uh, that's misunderstood with CRC and why it gets a bad rap is that most people think that, um, again, if I'm, if I'm going to take the most premium plant material and turn it into the most premium extracts, that that's how all extracts should be made. But there's this other market consideration and a practical consideration of like, well, what about all the other plant material? Mm -hmm. You know, what about the what about the material that still has cannabis oil inside of it um, and needs to be processed and refined as well? Like, shouldn't that also be refined and cleaned up to a point where um, it's it's just as pure of a product as as the thing sitting next to it? And, you know, and principally it comes down to just a waste principle of like, do you believe that we should leave, you know, hundreds of thousands of pounds of material to rot? Or do you think we should try to process that and make it into concentrates that uh, we could get out to more people so that they can understand the benefit of the cannabis plant? 
because if if we're just doing sort of you know this this top top fish elitist approach of of like hey well only the top nugs make it into finished extract then they would be the most expensive extracts that you could imagine and what really there's an underlying mission i think that crc is trying to achieve that says you know i want to take uh, that biomass that would normally go to waste and instead of it turning into a biological soup i want to actually utilize that plant it's like i want to utilize that plant material and i want to turn it into uh dabbable concentrates and i and i want to produce them at you know the lowest price possible so that people who need access to their medicine can get access to it and they can get access to it at a price point that makes sense for them and and so for me a bit a big part of this is saying as a processor i need a whole tool bag of techniques to refine all manner of different qualities and grades of material and i want to produce the highest quality products that i can achieve out of all of those input biomasses because i want to reduce the amount of plant waste it's like for example you know what do you do with food waste do you just let it rot in a pile outside or do you you know do you feed it to you feed it to farm animals or you know do you turn it back into soil for example yeah absolutely there's there's good compounds in there that can absolutely be used for medical or recreational purposes. Uh, I, I agree with you hundred percent there, but um, you know, the way this, the format of the show is it's, it's an audio only format. Uh, a lot of people listen to podcasts when their hands are full or they're, you know, riding a bike, running, whatever, whatever they're going to do, cleaning up. So um, because of that, I like to try to help people visualize what these things actually are. So when I asked you to define CRC, um, I mean, we've got color remediation cartridge. I've also heard color remediation column, but um, can you describe what this looks like, what the media looks like, uh, and, and that kind of thing so people can get an idea of what we're talking about? Yeah, sure. So, you know, the <laughs> I want to go back to this. You're saying color remediation cartridge, color remediation column, color remediation container is sort of a visual representation of hey, I, I want to do some color remediation, but I need to do it in a thing. And that being a description of like what people are trying to do. And so there's a whole number of ways that this can be achieved. And so when Media Bros took a look at this, they basically said, look, we want to supply, uh, we want to supply people with the highest quality products that we can find, just period, on the planet. We, you know, we, we want to be emulating strain hunters, right? Like, I want to go out somewhere in the world and I want to find the highest quality uh, filter media on the fucking planet and provide that to people that gets the job done for specifically the product that they want to make. And, and that's why Media Bros products are, are super popular. Now, you know, I can tackle this from a number of different angles. I, I think I can just break it down in terms of you know, a, a general description here of types of CRC. So one of them... And a visual description as well, so people can understand yeah. what we're talking about. Yeah, so the the most common version of CRC is an inline version of CRC. And what this is, is uh, it's a, it is a version of a cartridge or a column that has a type of filter media into it, uh, added to it, in the same way that you would filter uh, water in a Brita, for example. And what that is, is um, uh, a column that would sit in line between the extracted sort of biomass and your collection vessel. And, you know, to, to just walk you through the hydrocarbon extraction process, you would have, you know, solvent loaded into a tank or distilled into a tank or even filtered into a tank. And from there, that solvent is chilled down. The solvent is then run over uh, the input, um, you know, biomass that you're you're trying to extract. And in in cannabis, this could be, uh, it, you know, frozen frozen nugs, for example, for live resin style runs. Uh, fresh, you know, fresh frozen material, which is obviously one of my favorites, a super popular one, but. It could also be um, dry cured trim material or spent versions of that material, and and essentially you're you're making sort of this uh, you know hydrocarbon tea where you then soak uh, soak the biomass and then from there 
you would send that material, that, that liquid extract over to this collection pot to remove the processing solvent. Now the inline CRC sits is a column typically uh, that sits in between the extraction pot and the collection vessel. Um, and, and there may be some other, you know, some other tools in line as well. If people have a de-waxing column, you know, essentially you're just sending that solvated material up through uh, an, an inline uh, cartridge. And the cartridge is, is basically a customized thing for your setup. Uh, we, we typically sell them, like Media Bros, for example, sells spools. Uh, Four-inch and six-inch spools are probably the most common in the industry. Uh, different lengths and, and different sizes for different size systems. And, you know, it's, it's really a ratio of how much biomass and, and how much filtration power you're looking to make here. And it's really, there is an art form to running uh, CRC. There's a lot of classes, a lot of great classes out there uh, that, are, that are taught by a number of people who use the materials. And in a lot of ways, um, it's, it's kind of like taking an art class. It's like, it's describing how to paint, for example, or, uh, you know, you have to go and you physically kind of have to do it to understand what this process looks like. But well, I'm hoping you can help all of us understand it uh, verbally on this show. So let's let's talk about that for a second here. So we've got an inline column. How how what's the best way to use it in your opinion? Yeah. So the inline version of of CRC is the most interesting because it cuts out a lot of the post processing steps. Um, if you just ran through and you concentrated your cannabis extract, you could always do this in post process. The inline is just the preferred version to go because it's a one pot shot uh, setup for hydrocarbon extraction. And it's just the fastest way to, again, make dabbable products on the market. Well, I've got a specific question I came up with for you. So you mentioned uh, putting the liquid butane or hydrocarbon blend into the material column. Um, and letting it soak. Some people let it soak. Some people pass it right on through. Uh, just a quick answer here. What, what is your go-to for, do you soak it? Do you pass it right on through? How long do you soak it? Yeah, so it's relative to the temperature and the saturation you want to hit within the solvent for a given temperature. Mm-hmm. So, you know, if you can hold temperature, you can let it soak uh, for long, long periods of time and improve the saturation of the solvent. So there's there's some really... There's some deeper uh, questions that you're asking there. If you're understood, you know, if if you were just asking me roughly on end, you're soaking for between, uh, I would say, thirty minutes to an hour, just depending okay. on on what you're trying to do and and the material you're trying to work with. And and again, sure, you can do multiple flushes in these things, where you could do multiple soaks. You know, there's there's a number of ways to do sort of these underlying stripping operations that that you're essentially trying to run. And, you know, I think the most interesting one here is the CRC piece because it really helps design your system. And so, you know, for example, you mentioned, you mentioned a continuous flow style system, like Mm -hmm. media bros, for example, is sort of designed for those people who want to do continuous flow. And those are some of my favorite systems uh, and the ones that we love supporting because, you know, sometimes you just want to turn on the fire hose adapts and and like just rip tons of material through and have it be consistent and high quality on the other side and you know and i want to uh prevent downtime and i want to do this safely where i don't want to build up a, a lot of pressure in my system and and so for example you know media bros offers uh, some of these high throughput media styles that aren't available on the market from uh you know from other sources and, and these have been most popular for us because it's like, you know, I want to have a, a super high throughput version of this that produces the same quality every single time and, and has a level of consistency to it where I don't have down days in my production line. Well, let's talk about how it actually works, though. So you're, you're sure. opening the valve on a continuous flow system. You open the valve, it passes through your material column, right. then it goes and passes. Is it, does it go directly into your CRC column there? Yeah, so uh, again, one of my favorite setups uh, personally that I have on it is uh, doing material soaks at super cold temperatures. There's pre-preparation of the material, of course, at hand. So like 
You can choose to freeze the material. You can choose to uh, keep it at room temperature. You obviously need to, if you're working with dried material, for example, you know, do you freeze the dried material beforehand? Do you, uh, do you bring it to a water content that's suitable for what you're trying to do? If it's a fresh frozen style run, you know, you might, you might cut back on, on some of uh, your CRC, for example. Uh-huh. You know, if it's already super high quality material, if it's uh, lower quality material, you know, that has uh, more pigments in it and other types of, you know, tarry based materials that you are trying to remove, you want to increase the amount of CRC that you're using. But where does it actually go? Where does what actually go? The, the CRC column. Yeah, the CRC column goes in between your extraction vessel and your collection vessel, and it sits in between. So then you would open the valve, uh, hydrocarbons would flow through the material column and through a hose into your CRC column, and then... And then into a collection pot, yeah. Okay, if you were going to want to put um, a molecular sieve or a D-wax column, where would you put those in line? So molecular sieves are a little different. Those are for cleaning up the solvent on the back end and for keeping organics out of your uh, out of your solvent base, so you're not changing the polarity of it. And and so that's strictly on the back end for recycling your solvent stream and making sure that again that combination of alkanes is recharged and ready to go. So like you know if, if you're using propane or butane and and again, if you're changing the solubility dynamics, it's going to change the whole dynamic of your system. So that's molecular sieves. Uh, it, it's functionally mostly to keep out water, but it does keep out, you know, some of the other organics that you're volatilizing um, in the process. And let's see, on the other end, what was the, uh, I'm sorry, would you remind me what the oh, other? Oh, the, the D-Wax? Oh, the D-Wax column. Yeah, D-Wax columns, um, you know, they can get used in a variety of places. A D-Wax column could sit uh, in front of or on the back end of, of a CRC column, just depending on how you're trying to run the system. Does it, does it blind your media if, uh, if you've got some, some fat or wax content in there? Uh, I would imagine from what I know, I would want to remove that prior to passing anything over media personally. Yeah, exactly. But um, sometimes you can actually have kind of de-waxing media charges built into your media column. So, you know, you're absolutely right where if you're coating your media with fats, you're not going to get the best use of it. But sometimes there's media uh, that, that you can use uh, like a like a great plug. You know, one of the pro- I'll, I'll give you a sneak preview here. One of the products we're going to launch here is. Uh, an alumina style product. And alumina, for example, is a great way to get some of the really simple de-waxing done. It's not going to, it's not going to generate super high power de-waxing that you're looking for. But if you have a little bit of fats and waxes and you don't want to run a full de-wax column, you would run a plug of alumina, for example, and you would pick up some of these fats. Now, when you say a plug, what do you mean? Uh, when I say a plug, what I mean is a packed cake of it or just a poured cake uh, in your CRC column. So it's a physical spool. It's like a cylinder. Basically, it's a you know a four-inch uh, diameter cylinder of some length, and you're pouring these different uh, ceramic medias into it. And the ceramic medias have you know different. Uh, they can have different particle sizes. They can have different kinds of characteristics. But the but the key here in general is that you know you don't necessarily need to de-wax everything up front as well. And there's different ways to de-wax. So for example, one of the ways to deal with de-waxing uh, could just be freezing your plant material. Yeah. Like if you just freeze your plant material beforehand and you keep your alkane cold enough, then you're selectively not extracting fats. Uh, you know or getting very, very minimally uh, fats carried over. And so, you know, that's, for example, that's one of my preferred ways to make a, a variety of products um, with with a lower wax content. And But sometimes you, you want the wax content higher in your product, and that's going to change the consistency of the final product. I, I like to think a little bit of this industry, uh, specifically the hydrocarbon industry, like candy making. Like sometimes you want some more fats and waxes in there because it generates that butter batter texture 
you know, that, that you're looking for and missing. And then sometimes you want to remove those things because you want to generate something that is a transparent, glassy, amorphous slab, right? I want a, a nice glassy slab, or maybe I want to make a nice sugar wax style material and I want it to crystallize out on me. And, and so it's really, you know, we can talk about all these different ways to do it, but it doesn't really matter if, if you don't know what product you're trying to make in the end. And so like, that's the core of Media Bros is like, well, bro, what are you trying to make? <laughs> and, you know, and going through these different descriptions of, I mean, I could tell you exactly, you know, what I'm doing, but that is not going to help you today. The things that I'm doing are treating my problems that I have this week today. And if you call me next week, I'd probably have a new set of problems that I'm trying to solve. So it's really about carrying that conversation forward. It's about addressing the immediate needs for people. And so like right now, one of the immediate needs in CRC is a high throughput, safe version of CRC to use that doesn't transfer CRC through to your product. And, uh, and, I, and is also selective and leaves, ton, you know, leaves the terpenes behind, doesn't remove and strip those terpenes out, but goes after pigment bodies and some of those higher order, you know, tarry type uh, phenolic materials that are present in cannabis oil from the extraction process. And, and for us, uh, our products like CRX, CRY, like our, our hydrocarbon products, just knock those things out of the park. That's actually a really great segue into the next question I wanted to ask you, which is how does this stuff actually work? So we've got a column that's packed full of the ceramic media uh, or any type of media for that matter. Uh, what's actually happening when we pass our dissolved oil through that column of media? Well, you're getting a, a transfer of a liquid plug through a ceramic uh, dead-end style filtration uh, kind of a setup, but you're also getting um, a specific residence time in the column and you're getting it in contact uh, with, you know, with that media for a set period of time. And so there's a lot of things that we've done to improve people's lives that are built into our products. You know, I like it that we offer really simple products that solve multiple problems for people where it's like when they start uh, using some of our products, Sometimes it's a little rocky at first where it's like, I don't really understand how to use this. And then you're like, oh, I just don't do that anymore. And I don't do that. And I don't do that. And I don't do that. And I do this instead. Instead of doing five things, I do one thing now. So like in terms of what's actually happening, you're filtering, you're filtering your extract, bro. That's it. Like, and you're selectively doing it in a way that's not removing your terpenes, that's generating the kinds of products you're looking for and gives you more flexibility and control over your finished products. But this, this show covers the science inside of an extraction lab. So how are we removing these things with these little clay balls? Yeah, so uh, they are basically uh, mixed metal oxides. Uh, we really like to go out and source the very best natural metal oxides present, and we don't want to do chemical treatments to these things. Um, we, we like to do general preparative treatments to them. So, for example those materials are pre-prepared for you when you open your bucket and you're not necessarily like sticking them in your vac oven where you're going to be purging your slabs later. Like, like there's a lot of powder medias where you have to, you know, prep your powder in advance. And the problem is, is like now you're putting your powder in a product oven because you don't have a powder prep oven. <laughs> and it's like, I need something ready to go now out of the bucket. And, you know, for, for us, it's like, okay, I've got a pre-prepared powder. It's not powder. It's uh it's essentially like a large, a larger sort of medium grain size material um, that's easy to pour, that's not getting powder everywhere, that's easy to work with. And, you know, what's, that, what's actually physically happening um, is that you're getting, uh, you're getting a little bit of physical separation involved. So you're getting what's called uh, size exclusion separation, where you're removing high molecular weight phenolic compounds. Uh, these can be, you know, dye single phenol or, or diphenol uh, style compounds of really high order. Um, so you're not removing cannabinoids, but you are removing, um, you know, things, those, those really sort of tarry compounds. They're like the compounds in the cannabis plant where, you know, if you ever smoked a joint and you've seen the tar on the end, you're, you're like, okay, that tar is also present in the extract to a small degree. And that stuff needs to get removed from it. So when you smoke concentrates and you don't see that tar in your rig, 
you know, it's because of things like CRC where you've taken those out. But how did it do it? Yeah, so so how it's doing it is through two mechanisms. One is size exclusion, which is a rough version of chromatography, which basically excludes things based off of the actual molecular size that they're sitting at. And they elute through at different times, uh, essentially through the column. And what ends up happening is they end up getting filtered in the column because the resonance time is short enough that it doesn't push sort of the heavier stuff through. And then the other portion of this is that in the active size exclusion, you're likely getting a little bit of uh, polarity to it. So you're getting a polar interaction where, you know, that, that mixed ceramic media is essentially, uh, it has enough polar physisorption to it to grab onto uh, those things like large pigments and those large tar compounds. Uh, but, but let the smaller compounds like terpenes and cannabinoids pass through quickly and give good selectivity for it as well. So you're getting not only the, the chemical uh, interaction with the media, uh, but, you're, but you're getting a, a physical separation as well. So I don't know if that addresses the issue for you directly. hundred percent. Yeah. Thank you. Uh, also, you also covered my next question, which was the, uh, how it affects terpenes. And it seems like because you're doing more of a size exclusion, uh, you're able to maintain more of the terpenes than some of these other powdered medias. Yeah. Yeah. And, and sometimes if you go out into CRC literature and, and blog posts and these kinds of things, sometimes people refer to it as inline chromatography. Now, it's basically somewhere in between. It's not true chromatography because you're not necessarily sitting there collecting fractions and refractionating over it, but you're running a similar style of media to achieve a similar style of phenomena, and and it's basically collecting a single fraction and throwing another one away. So it's like doing a rough cut version of chromatography up front where that's that's really... um, you know, it's analogous to chromatography, but is really filtration at its core. It's kind of similar to a one-stage wiper. You're basically doing one separation. Yep, exactly. And you're doing one separation, and you're getting a lot of bang for your buck on that separation. And the reality is, is it's expensive to do post-processing. Um, so, for example, I have to take the extract, I have to put it back up in solvent, I have to do something else to it. And it's like I, I would most people who are in this space want to do one thing to it and they'd want to do it once i want to put it into solve at once and i want to take it all the way through to product because those are those are going to give me the products that are closest to the plant that and the flower that people are interested in consuming and want to consume but giving them the portability of that fresh dab where they can go back to it time and time again and also not worry about it deteriorating because concentrates have a longer shelf life than than flour it's, it's one of these things where if you can really simplify that process and really sort of get all of these sort of things crammed into a single step, then, um, you know, that's sort of the magic, I think, of that a lot of uh, extractors are trying to create. And that's where the art form comes in, where it's like, OK, I have to take a material and I, and I, might, I might say, I think this material will, will produce these quality of products. I might take a test batch through check out those products, see how, the you know, work with the material, um, maybe do some physical processing on the other side. I might whip it, for example, which whipping, uh, for those who are not familiar with, is just infusing air into it. So a variety of techniques for whipping on the back end or rolling or, you know, or purging, for example, what, what's my best option to purge this? Or if I want to grow sauce and diamonds, you know, does this material adequately uh, fit into that category where I can bring it re- a really nice sauce off this. That's actually a really great segue into the next question I had for you was, uh, it's really nice to talk to somebody on this topic who also has been in the trenches and done a bunch of extraction and a bunch of finishing techniques. So talk to us briefly about some of the finishing techniques and how CRC will help you get to where you need to be in order to achieve those. Okay. Yeah, sure. Um, and I, and I want to just actually address one other point here in this and say that CRC is not exclusive to hydrocarbon, although it finds the most popularity and utility in hydrocarbon. And there's other types of CRC that can be applied across other types of extraction techniques. And that's where I'm most excited to gain ground with Media Bros in the future. 
and, and really provide good tools for people to get them up off the ground and running and provide them the similar kinds of effects where they can have product that they can work into other form factors that are instantly accessible and, and essentially give improvement uh, to the finished concentrates that people are consuming. So it's at the end of the day, it's really about enabling people to make better dabs and that's making dreams come true, which is the core mission of media bros. And, you know, to, <laughs> so just, I want to point uh, out that hydrocarbon is leading the way for the rest of us in, in a lot of these other spaces, like in CO2 extraction and ethanol extraction. And, you know, there's other techniques that have to be, there's other CRC techniques from what I have described that will need to get integrated as solutions into those different form factors and, and processes um, that fits best within those those wheelhouses in those spaces. So, so uh, yeah. So I'm I'm sorry I took us on a tangent here for a minute. Yeah, no um, problem. But uh, what I was asking was, um, you know, talk to us about how with all these different finishing techniques, you know, with with medium quality like C grade material, for example, you're not necessarily going to be able to make all of the various options you could make with hydrocarbon extraction if you were to do, say, uh, fresh frozen run. So how does CRC help you get there? Right. So exactly. So uh, a C-grade material does not make a live resin style extract. And what's interesting on finishing techniques is that, you know, you can't hide a CRC product from a live resin style product. They're, they're completely separate products. You know, some live resin, it's, a, it's working with the strains, I think over a long enough period of time. And if you're working with, uh, you know, if, if you were one of these um, extraction sites that works with the same strain over and over again, you get really comfortable and familiar with working with the difficulties within a single strain, as opposed to somebody who's just tolling material and coming in and saying like, oh, I'm, I'm never going to see this material again. Like, what do I do with it? And, you know, again, giving tools for both sets of people uh, so that they move with it. So, you know, a C-grade material, for example, will never make a, a live resin style product, but it still makes an acceptable concentrate that may have its own interesting properties and may, for example, make a really nice, um, make a nice slab or a nice piece of shatter for people to consume. And, you know, the different form factors that we're talking about here um, can come from different grades of material. I think what's interesting now is that, um, the grading of material and the grading of concentrates is it's one of these things where by the time these high order processes, these chemical processes have been applied to these things, they, they essentially become something different than the material that first entered the room. And so by the, you know, by the time they're sent to a third party test lab for validation on things like metals and pesticides and, and all the things that matter to people, in the space to consumers, um, they're finished products. And quite frankly, they may look pretty different in texture and in taste and, and in feel than, than other products on the shelf. And so a lot of companies that I've seen lately will, for example, denote whether a product was filtered or not in the same way that you would see, you know, a filtered, um, a filtered alcoholic beverage or a non-filtered alcoholic beverage. Okay. And, and a lot of people preferring the filtered products all day long in blind taste tests, for example, um, because, you know, typically they're much smoother, much cleaner and higher quality products. Are there some final products that if you CRC your C grade material, you will be able to make that you would not have been able to make without CRC? I think the answer to that is no. Okay. And um, the reality is, is that if it's a C-grade material and you hadn't CRC'd it, uh, then it would just be a completely different product altogether. And the, the key here is to give extractors the tools to make as many diverse products as possible. And you don't necessarily have to CRC everything. Like CRC is that toolkit that allows you to shape your your finished product to, to go out to the, to the world, right? And it's like, it would literally be the equivalent of um, asking a, a candy maker to take away some of the, the tools in their set and say, well, hey, if you didn't have this tool, do you think 
you know, you think you could make those products? Like, well, no, if I don't have that tool, I couldn't make those products. And they're different products. Yeah, that's one of the biggest things is it's another tool in the bag. And that's when people hate on CRC. It's always frustrating to me because I want to have every tool I can possibly have access to and pick and choose when I want to use them based on what my variables are. And and anybody that hates on CRC and says that that you should just never use it just is not a very worldly extractor in my mind. Yeah, yeah. It's just one of these things where it's part of the craft and the space and there's nothing... Uh, there's nothing wrong with CRC inherently, just like there's nothing wrong with a hammer. And and so for us, it's just a funny thing where it's like, yeah, I mean, you could talk all day long about how much you hate CRC, but there's plenty of people who find good utility in it. And we're solving real world problems and providing those people with tools to make higher quality products, like finish good concentrate products on the shelf that people enjoy and consume safely all day long. And on top of that, our, and the concerns that have been raised with CRC are being addressed through products like the ones Media Bros are offering. So there was a big concern for a while about, you know, fine powder inhalation, making it through to a concentrate. And, and so, for example, with Media Bros Media, it's a granular media. It's not a powder. And so there's physical grains that you can actually hold, and there's, there's no transferable powder to the finished product. And, you know, if you're getting these kinds of breakthrough transfers, um, it's not necessarily the media's fault either. Like there's plenty of good powder techniques that are out there. It's just, you know, did you use the right filter screens, for example, on the back end of your process? So it's not so much a process problem. It's more about the technical setup of it. It's about getting the education out there about different styles of setups. Because inherently, there's nothing wrong with powder processing. you know, it's a different style technique to a granular style filtration process, for example. And you're going to run your rig in very separate ways. You just need to know how to use this high-tech tool that you've got in your hands and not use it poorly and give the entire industry a bad name. Yeah, exactly. And and I think that's actually one of the interesting things that I really love about the cannabis space. And I think, you know, Media Bros loves it too, because it's like, well, we're extractors. And if people hate on CRC, then that's the product we're going to sell. And and we're, we're going to make it better. Right. And we want to listen to those criticisms and those critiques. And we want to offer real solutions for people who are actually trying to use them. And, you know, when we think about new products in the future, it's like I want to take the things that are hard for that are getting the bad rap, essentially. And I want to provide realistic answers to some of the underlying problems to those things. I got to give it up to you, man. That is a very bold mission to uh, decide to take the things that people hate on and jump in front of that train and figure out how to improve it. You, you got to have a thick skin. But uh, leading towards wrapping up here just a little bit, do you have any new products or services or anything launching in 2021 that uh, you'd be excited to talk about? Oh, man, that's a great question. And, you know, what I will say is that we take our time at Meteor Bros and we are planning to launch roughly, I would say about, you know, six new media offering products um, that are really sort of taking on and, and meeting some of the demands uh, of, of some of the processors that we're working with and, and then launching those products. We obviously want to make it a little bit more accessible for people. Um, we're, we're trying to push availability of tools you know, we view ourselves as sort of the one-stop art shop where you can bring in your core, your core project for the week and, and essentially find some of the tools that you need to accomplish, you know, what, what you're trying to do. And, you know, Media Bros isn't the solution for everything, but uh, we definitely love having the conversations with people and trying to, you know, trying to help them get where they're going. Because sometimes in cannabis, it's not actually clear what it is you're trying to do. But if you have enough conversations, you're like, yeah, that's exactly what I need to do. And, you know, and there's good intention, I think, just across the whole space. And it's one of the reasons I really love the space. Uh, People are just trying to make, you know, having that first, having your first dab is a life-changing event. And I think if more people have, would experience that in general, just having one dab in their life, like that is, that's a core mission of what we're trying to do. And while we don't produce dabs ourselves, like Media Bros produces no concentrates, 
we want to support extractors at their core um, who are on that style of mission. And, you know, keep an eye out for this year. We've got a bunch of new products launching here. Um, we're, we're like strain hunters in a lot of ways. We go out and we find the very best materials and we rigorously test them. And, you know, we send them out uh, to small test groups as well. So we not only do, um, you know, some mixed partnership testing for these things, actually testing them, trying to make products, trying to make them better, but um, also get some community feedback as well. So if there's, if there's a product that, you know, you guys want to see out there um, that, that you just love to see uh, and you think Media Bros can help, help make it come true, you know, reach out to us, let us know, give us, give us feedback. I mean, the, the feedback we're getting <laughs> these days is, has been kind of incredible and we love the response from people and we love the fact that, you know, we're supporting manufacturing in the United States. And, you know, unlike uh, a large segment of, um, of some of the other services that are out here, which are, they, I mean, they support you at your core in terms of like, okay, I still get products from Amazon, but when was the last time Amazon said, hey, our core mission is to help people make, you know, frosty dabs. <laughs> and like, you know what I mean? That's just not coming. So that's a good segue actually into a couple of little personal questions I got here for you. Um, since we're talking about dabs, what is your personal favorite concentrate made with hydrocarbon extraction? I mean, I love live resin personally, and I really love uh, great live resin cartridges. Those are some of my favorites. And I'm actually, if I'm being honest these days, I really love a good uh, CBN uh, live resin concentrate blend. Okay. So, you know, taking the live resin, uh, it's it's blended with uh, a separate new cannabinoid. I, I don't know how much you know about a cannabinol in general, but a CBN a THC live resin cartridge is just like, that's an incredible cartridge. And, you know, you could take any ratio you want on it. Um, and and it's just, you know, a full body experience that uh, everyone should experience at some point. So I'm, I'm really excited to see more of those style of products come out. Uh, these cross fusion sort of dab products that enhance the cannabinoid profiles, you know, that would be hard to access otherwise in the plant. Like a CBN rich flower material is not a, a product ever. There is no flower material that's majority uh, CBN. Yeah, I'm a big fan of the uh, of the CBN. Uh, about a year and a half ago, I bought up a whole bunch of CBN domains because I knew it was going to be one of the next big things. Yeah, I, you know, and and I always love. I mean, I love good shatter and these kinds of things. I'm a huge fan of, um, you know, if I can get my hands on it and and sometimes you know make it. Uh, I love CO2 shatter as well. There's some qualities in CO2 shatter that are very different than hydrocarbon shatter. And um, I would say it's, you know, it's much more subtle. It's much more challenging, but, you know, good traditional amber glass out of a CO2 system is, is also incredible. And it's very hard to replicate on the hydrocarbon side. One more personal question for you here. Uh, what, what are you most excited about regarding the future of the extraction industry? What I'm most excited about is just the the development of sort of the craft cannabis space and really a lot of these grassroots forces that are enabling the dab market to take off. And that being sort of the underlying market that really moves cannabis forward. I think that's a really interesting segment that is just continuously growing um, over time. It's It's always sort of the you know, it's, it's like the slow underdog that just keeps growing every year and never, never goes away. And it's also the segment of the market that I think really empowers a lot of choice. And, and I think, you know, there's only so much that you can do with sort of bulk concentrates, you know, no, as a whole, but sticking to sort of those live resin craft style dabs where it's like, Hey, these plants were grown specifically to make the highest quality concentrates and then also, you know, allowing other product segments uh, or, or allowing some of that other biomass to fall into other product segments behind it really gives a rich selection to the space that I think is just much needed. 
Um, I, I think there's other core techniques and other types of things that uh, could be developed on. I'm also excited uh, to see the, the richness of products. I don't know if you've seen the, you know, the blue diamonds that have come out and these kinds of things, but like, yeah, absolutely. I'm actually going to have uh will Billy on the, on the show next week. That's awesome. Yeah. I, I think, uh, I think what he's doing is incredible in the sense that he's really pushing the boundaries of the things that can be done with textures and colors uh, with cannabis concentrates. So yeah, I'll definitely tune in to that. It's uh, exciting to obviously support not only individuals within the space, but, you know, support people who want to get into it too. Well, if any of those people want to get a hold of you, uh, what's the best way for them to do that to see if some of your products can work out for them or, uh, you know, just to hit you up and see how you can solve their problems. Yeah, I think just reaching out, uh, you can reach out to us on, on Instagram, mediabros.store uh, is also our, our Instagram and our website. Um, if you if you just look up Media Bros uh, CRC or CRX, uh, you'll, you'll find us there. And if you're looking on different kinds of forums, you'll see mention. Uh, we also have some billboards out there too in the wild, which is kind of crazy. Nice. <laughs> and, you know, I, I love the idea of just like seeing a, uh, you know, seeing cannabis billboards up all around this country. Especially processing billboards. Whenever I see something, like I've seen some Delta separations billboards and I'm like, all right, I love it. Like somebody actually is speaking to the processors. Yeah, bro. That's, that's like, that's the way this has to go. And I think that, you know, the, the bigger and louder sort of the presence we can make in this, the, the more people will realize that this is an industry this is the this is in my opinion the last manufacturing industry uh, that the United States has a chance in, just internationally, and it's the most important segment, um, which is which is why so many people feel empowered behind it to like to move this forward. It's such a huge opportunity for our country, so I'm, we're going to keep supporting that. You can reach out to us on Insta. You can reach out to us uh, via the website. Those are the best places to find me. All right. Well, Vaughn Hartung, thanks for coming on the Modern Extractor. Yeah, no problem. Thanks, Jason. All right. Thanks again to Vaughn for joining us today. If you want to reach out to see how Media Bros, CRC, or other filtration media can work for you, or just see how the pro extractors turned Media Bros sales folks can help you improve your process, hit them up on Instagram at mediabros.store or contact them through their website, www.mediabros.store. You can also give them a ring at 503-308-7138, and they'll send you a free sample to show you they got the goods. While I've still got your ears, I'd like to report some very exciting news. The Modern Extractor is now the official podcast sponsor of the Extraction Expo. Mace Media Group, the folks that are putting this event together, are the publishers of Extraction Magazine and Terpenes and Testing Magazine. Concentration, which has since been rebranded to the Extraction Expo, was my absolute favorite conference I ever attended. I went in 2019, and it really stepped up my game. I actually reached out to Mace on my own about getting some press passes to cover the event for you guys, and that led to this exciting announcement. So let me tell you a little bit about what to expect. The Extraction Expo is coming up September 30th through October 1st at the LAX Marriott in LA. It's the only trade show or conference completely dedicated to extraction. All of the exhibitors are pertinent to the extraction business, and all of the speakers and panel discussions are targeted at us. It's the best networking and educational event specific to our industry, and I'll be there with a booth to shake your hand if you come by. I'll be interviewing exhibitors, speakers, and interesting guests, and doing my modern extractor thing. I'm super excited about this, and I wouldn't have gotten the opportunity to do it if it wasn't for all of you tuning in every week. So a very deep and very heartfelt thank you from me to all you guys listening out there. Seriously, thank you. As always, if you want to hear about something specific on the show, let me know. Email me, jason at modernextractor.com. Make sure to follow the show on Instagram at the underscore modern underscore extractor. If you guys like the show, please subscribe and give us a rating and a review on Apple Podcasts. The more subscribers and better reviews we get, the better guests I can book for you here in the future. Those reviews will help me expand the reach the show has, which just may help me negotiate some killer discounts on equipment and lab supplies for you, the Mod X listeners. 
Stay tuned for next week when I'll sit down with the one and only Will Billy, the man that broke the internet and sent a shockwave through the extraction community with his famous blue diamonds. We'll talk all about the different extraction and finishing techniques used to get all the various craft concentrates that hydrocarbon extraction can produce. I'll see what I can pry out of him about those blue diamonds as well. A big thanks to Isauda Venegas for handling business on the show's social media, and a shout out to the New Fools for bringing the funk to the Mod X theme song. Thanks again to everybody for tuning into the Modern Extractor. New episodes are out every Tuesday. I'm Jason Showered. Let's talk soon. Mm-hmm.